The British Dictionary defines glory hole as a room, cupboard, or other storage space that contains an untidy and miscellaneous collection of objects. Whew, glad we cleared that one up. Carrie, I'm feeling tired and a little rusty. Me too. I wonder why. It's been quite a while since we recorded, actually. It's been um, at least three or four weeks since we recorded. Yeah. Now, you guys, that's me opening up some caffeine, by the way. Um, Yeah, we recorded all those Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month episodes, all four leading up to us going to... A beach vacation in Ocean Isle, North Carolina, which um, in theory was going to be, um, or we were hoping for it to be really relaxing, and, and it was maybe only half the time it was relaxing. It was so hot. Between our parents and, well, in-laws getting older, and just the situation of having all younger cousins, 9 to 13 years old, four of them, and me practically your sister and you did a pretty good job but i'm gonna take most of the credit for being in the ocean with the four kids you were <laughs> the the 13 year old she was the daredevil 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 naturally of the group because teenagers think that they're invincible. invincible uh the waves were rough i would say at least half the time I'm surprised. They were very rough. And you all know what it's like when you don't have any air conditioning available. It sucks. (laughs) And our place was supposed to have working air conditioning, and it did not. Yeah, so first world problems, I guess. But um, we're here. We made it through the vacation. We We had a good time. We did have a good time in spite of the... I think anytime you're with family and we're friends, you can make the most of a of a situation (laughs) so but everybody hey thanks for sticking with us i hope you enjoyed the beach party bonfires and blood month we are now in august welcome back everybody to dfm happy august to you this is our first taste of the uk month um or whenever i was making the season guide I, i i was in some kind of some kind of mood, but I had said we're going to also call this the alternate title for this month is Jenny Auger Awareness Month, which I, I've gotten a few chuckles out of that one already. I know Jake got a kick out of that one, but um, yeah, I think most horror hounds by now know who Jenny Auger is. Um, the one thing that you would point to right away is her role as the, as the nurse, the main female lead in the awesome and American werewolf in London. Um, but even before that, she was in films like Logan's Run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think as a as a straight dude, I always watch an American War with London. Like, who is this British lady? <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I'm not. I swear to you, I'm not going to do what I did on the Howling episode. Don't and go full Chad mode. <laughs> Don't do it, Marsha. 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 Uh, not well. It is Sybil Danny, but the character's name is Sturba, Marcia and Sturba. 
Um, but look, we're getting away from the Pacific and Atlantic U.S. coast, and mostly this month, guys, to the city of London in the English countryside. Why the UK? Why did we decide to have a taste of the UK month? Um, there's so many other subgenres and things that we could have themed based off a of location. I'm sure at some point we would love to do an Italian, a taste of Italy. Yeah. I mean, you, there's so Ugh. much you could, so many genres you could do. Yes. Even with the UK month, which is why we didn't stick with just vampires or just werewolves. And we, we did a pretty good job of that beach party bonfires and blood month. I can't even talk. So I'm done with that. July's over. Um, aside from the fact that we love the culture, history, music, and fashion, um, over time that makes up England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. And the fact that we really want to take a UK trip someday. Um, were the spooky movies that have taken place over there since before the talkies. Um, we've got some of the best horror creators and actors to come from there. And we'll get into some of our, uh, favorite UK um, films and actors segment two after we talk about this film coming up made for tv movie actually uh we're going to talk our top 20 uh uk horror films and that's we actually have a lot that we haven't watched yet together some yeah. i've watched some you haven't um whoa. there's a lot of even just hammer alone i know that we haven't and i love into. hammer movies I don't think either one of us has watched any of the Frankenstein Hammer no, films. No, I want to. to. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm, I'm more or less. Well, so this is a good time for an update on our DVD collection <laughs> as I sit next to the new DVD collection. And let me let me just say this. It's version two of the DVD collection. Yeah, why we, is that, Carrie? Oh, you know why. It, it if you've been listening, you know that. Years ago. Years ago when we had the twins, they were babies we had up all of their toys scattered everywhere and had no place to put stuff mm-hmm. you got it in your head that you needed to get rid of stuff the cases i kept the movies but got rid of the cases to make room and i told you not to yeah and i did so and here I we are told you would regret it we started this horror pod and i said i really got to get back to having a nice collection of including the cases and at least at least you'd be proud of me that i didn't some of the movies we already have on disc alone dummy me but a lot of them i decided to start the collection over again with ones that we did not own yes and um, i and said now, that yesterday, that was my that was my stigma <laughs> yeah your stigma <laughs> well you mean your stipulation yes stipulation <laughs> <laughs> There's a stigma about building DVD collections. <laughs> I'm proud to say I don't give a fuck about any DVD collecting stigma, but um, there shouldn't be. I know you just misspoke. I did. We'll let it go. Um, I was, yeah. I no, have, but but no, no, you no. did tell me to settle down. I on did. The DVD collection I told you you got. Because I stop. walked her down here and she was like, "Fuck!" Her face. To, she didn't say anything, but you were like, "He's been working on this collection." I said, "Enough is enough for now." for now uh-huh. i said you have your birthday there's christmas yeah we can wait i mean once a week isn't too many <laughs> oh no oh no folks listen uh-huh. he's been scouring goodwill in the thrift stores yes in the dollar stores correct and it's been more than a weekly basis i only did it for three weekends in a row 
Yeah. Um, but and then there's also I've been my guilty pleasure has been looking for the steel on eBay for like the limited editions. Like, okay, yeah, I went a little crazy getting Ghost Keeper. <laughs> Who Why? the hell wants to own Ghost? Because I liked Ghost Keeper. You did. You really enjoyed it. Um, it's so dumb, but I, I just love that kind of stuff. Um, well, anyways, we're gonna go on a tangent about. You did get new... me all the Evil Dead movies, so yeah, but <laughs> that but that was easy because that was built through eBay and, and Goodwill. <laughs> um, I forgive you for that because you got me my Evil Dead movies. I also got a double feature of the Howling and the Howling Two all on one package. I'd say the weirdest movie that I've probably I was shocked that I was able to find Martin for as cheap as I did on eBay. Anyways, that's another story. What would you say is their best still that we found? Best steel so far? Like, not oh. steel book, like best. No, no, I get it. Yeah, like a really good find at a yeah. really ridiculously low price. Um, I've got to say, let me just look real quick. Uh, listen, it. We can, we can come back to this another episode, but okay. it's got to be when I went to Walmart. And found the steel book of planes, trains, and automobiles in the three dollar whatever bin. That's got that's got to be a ranks up there to have a steel book yeah. for three some basically four with tax. I don't know how you found that. I don't know either because I wasn't like I'm thinking and I'm like these are gonna be really bad. As in like I went to the thrift store and like the Navy Seals or the Falcon and the Snowman. You got Dracula untold. Yeah, for like two, yeah. two dollars. That, yeah, that's a pretty good one because that one's entertaining. But um, the Poltergeist collection, I would say, in the three dollar bin, all three movies for three bucks or four bucks. But yeah, and then yes, yeah, some of them I was like, I really want to have Beyond the Door three, so I'm gonna spend twenty bucks on it. So, anyways, guys, moving on from our DVD collection and back to Taste of the UK. Um, Carrie, what was the first? horror movie that you remember to come out of the uk or or at least take place there or... it, it would have to be the omen it would have to be the omen um how old were you whenever you first watched the omen i was probably about eight years old my mom loves gregory peck absolutely adores him so any movie that gregory peck is in she's like no matter what genre it is she has to watch it i mean her favorite book is to kill a mockingbird her favorite movie is to kill a mockingbird <laughs> mockingbird <laughs> i hope it doesn't have a serious case of gird <laughs> poor birdie stomach <laughs> mockingbird mock yeah Ian. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways yeah i mean well, they had a story about going to see uh, the Omen, right? Because I think I even heard your dad tell it to me one time. Yeah, and actually, that was the first time I had ever heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah. So they they didn't really talk a whole lot about movies growing up, other than when we went, we watched it, and that was it. There was no deep discussion, other than what was your favorite part, and that was it, pretty much. Yeah. My family, well, so first of all, it was next to impossible to get the rest of my family to watch a horror movie with me. It was actually my mom's dad, my grandfather that would watch some of these with me. And this one was definitely up his alley, just because anything 
like you and me and our parents' generation, he raised kids. You know, I'm sure his break from raising my mom was watching something like Hitchcock, you know, when she went to bed, you know, or they finally got a babysitter and they would go see the newest Hitchcock movie. Cause you figure psycho came out when she was like seven years old, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I do recall him talking about Hitchcock. I definitely recall he watched a lot of stuff with Gregory Peck. I remember the omen probably on Turner classic movies. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's where I saw it. My mom, even if we were cleaning or we were, she was doing schoolwork because she was school teacher, grading papers. She would have it on in the background, Turner Classic movies, pretty much all the time. And she loved musicals. So that was the other thing. Any Anything on Turner Classic movies, she was open to watch. Um, but yeah, being her love of Gregory Peck. Um, apparently, when they saw this movie, they went to the theater to see this movie. And they had no idea what it was about other than Gregory Peck's in it. So my mom actually was pregnant with my sister at this time. Yeah. You know what? It's really interesting to me. And they were only married for a couple years. Yeah. I think if you asked a lot of kids, um, like in our generation, you know, X or millennial, because I know we're kind of like right in between those two. We're exennials. Yeah. I think... um, you would probably say like 20, probably in your top 10 or 20 of some of the first horror movies you ever watched. Some of those were UK horror films. Yeah. And I suspect a lot of them out there, a lot of you horror hounds out there, the omen's got to be, if you're in our age bracket, meaning probably 35 to 45, um, the omen was probably, and had to have been, in the first at least 50 horror films that you watched as a kid. Um, yeah. I I, I, I I actually think I what preceded me in watching The Omen probably was The Birds. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, there's something about, and I could go on and on about this kind of stuff, there's something about the UK setting and there's something about UK productions and actors, uh, movies that have actors that are UK-based actors. Now, I know Gregory Peck isn't a UK-based actor, no. but he's made a lot of films in the UK. He So much so that um, you know all the tailors in London knew what type of clothing that he liked. I mean... That, I, I would a, love to talk to yeah, one of those. Being, um, being a cigar smoker myself... There's, there's, um, the Davidoff of London, um, will really of, um, Zurich, uh, has a place. Those Sahakians run the cigar shop and I know I'm getting off a horror here, but, um, some of the tailors that they're friends with served and created Gregory Peck's looks for the omen. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that in there just because that's a piece of movie history. It is. Even if it's just wardrobe. We don't, and we don't really cool. talk about wardrobe we on don't. this podcast. Why don't we? I feel like mine would be fairly topical. I'm like, yeah, that looks cool. Like with The Lost Boys last month, we we did talk. You got to. There's some movies the you, wardrobe, can't, yeah. you can't miss the wardrobe. It's a yeah. part of the, the whole feel because of the movie. Because it becomes iconic. Yeah. Oh, Lost Boys, 80s MTV metal 
bad boy look. Yeah. But I, I mean, UK films, it's almost like, I guess it's stereotypical or cliche at this point. Somebody's going to have some kind of three piece suit <laughs> or some the little checkered, almost like the professor look almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a thing in UK films. But anyways, um, but the, anyways, my grandfather, I remember, um, the Omen was one of the first ones that I watched, but it wasn't the first one I can actually remember. What's interesting, you mentioned about your um, mom being pregnant. Yeah. yeah when sh- um, when they went to go see the the Omen, we were pregnant whenever we went to go see The Conjuring. So that's two kind of Satan-based movies. It is. Kind of weird. That's funny how we kind of carry that over. And I had no clue. Yeah. I had no clue. That's really interesting. Yeah, because we didn't find out until after we saw The Conjuring. We're like, oh, yeah, we, we were pregnant when we went to go see The Omen. I'm like... That's pretty neat that we ended up doing a horror movie while we were pregnant, too. But yeah. anyways, um, but um, why does the guy always say we? Is it? Uh, should I stop well, saying we were pregnant? Tributed. I know, but it's not like I after my part was easy. Anyways, <laughs> um, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Oh, yeah. So, um, <sighs> yeah, but I, I think I cut you off. But oh, no, one more thing. The. Um, an American Werewolf in London was my very first "quote unquote" UK film uh, well, for horror. I wasn't done. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I just wanted to mention I was probably nine or ten by the time I watched my first one, which was American Werewolf. I was terrified of the transformation. One of the things I love about UK films they capture that the foggy atmosphere and that oh the foggy moors, you mean so foggy that, London town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Baxter, you are my little gentleman. I'm going to take you to fun... Fungi. <laughs> I don't want to go to Fungi. Fungi. The Last of Us, it would be Fungi London Town, covered in Fungi. Um, no, but the, I remember the opening, the werewolf attack in the opening. I, I jumped a mile. I, I do remember that terrified me as you, a kid. You know what's really interesting? And I'm just going <laughs> to... Sorry, and a side note. Our kids first movie that they saw in the movie theater and this is i'm i'm heading there this is gonna link oh yeah no i know where you're going okay the live action beauty of the beast that was their very first experience wasn't live action carrie (laughs) wasn't live (laughs) yes it was yes it was oh you you oh i see what you're saying Uh, I oh for some reason listen <laughs> don't ever rep- don't ever record a podcast the same day that you take down your above ground pool or have a huge yard project because I'm friggin' tired. It's amazing that I can even be this coherent. <laughs> I'm wondering, but Duh. there's if you've ever seen Beauty and the Beast, the newer live version, okay, with Emma Watson. There's a scene where she's running away on a horse and there's wolves in the woods. Like, well, the kids weren't even four yet. No, they were three. Yeah. It was actually their third birthday. We took them for their third birthday. Barely three. Barely three. Oh, the wolves and the dark moonlight. Yes. That howling. That scene. It was kind of a creepy scene. It was creepy. Even for a Disney movie. That scene in particular gave our son nightmares. Mm Mm-hmm. For a while. Yeah, I remember the wolves. The wolves. They'd wake up the yeah, wolves. Yeah, the wolves. The wolves yep. are getting me. Yeah. I guess that was his indoctrination to anything spooky in a movie. Yeah. I mean, it 
it's tame overall. It is. But yeah, but no, that at three. It's funny how Beauty and the Beast ended up being the gateway movie for our kids. <laughs> Here it is, right next to me. Yes. And that's that was one that you saved from the old collection. I did. I saved the box. I think yep. I hid it. Because <laughs> you knew I was getting rid of them. <laughs> I knew you were getting rid of them. Oh, I really wish I didn't do that. But um, hey, wait a second here. I have them. No, there's Labyrinth, Willow. Something yes, else is I, missing right here. Legend. Yes. Why did you have it up with you? Yes. So you were taking things from from the collection without <laughs> signing them out. <laughs> I took them on vacation and. Okay, we'll put them back. I will do it now while we're on this podcast. No. <laughs> Afterwards, pretty pleased that that as soon as I looked over, I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> I fucking there's one missing out of this sucker. Matter it, of fact, there's more than one missing. There's two. Yeah, I know. What's the other one? Shag. Yeah. Well, that one I don't care about. <laughs> yes, the you legend. do. No, I do like Shag. <laughs> I do, and that's that's beach appropriate. Yes. So um, so back to my parents' story. <laughs> We're going. We are way off topic. That's fine. Um. She actually had a dream that night after they saw the omen. Being that she was pregnant, she actually had a dream that she gave birth to a jackal. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> no, Not me. To give birth to a jackass. <laughs> Love you. I was the planned child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best laid plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was. <laughs> Just joking. I was such a good baby. Not yeah. even funny. The hell happened? Um, <laughs> but uh, just UK horror. Just the English countryside. Or the Scottish, Irish, or Welsh countryside. Listen. And we our are mission, all of those ethnicities. Our mission, yes. We need to find a Welsh horror film. We do. I was just thinking that. We know we've got some from Scotland. We've got some from Ireland. And of course, we've got some from England. But we need a Welsh one. Yeah. Let's make that our mission over the next week to figure out a Welsh horror film. Okay. Um, And not just a Welsh actor or actress. It's got to be like, I want a setting in Wales some way, somehow. Mm. Even if it's not actually filmed there. I was going to say. I was going to (laughs) say. Do they film in Wales? I'll even go so far. I'll even go so far as it could just be a Welsh production company. I think that's what it's going to have to be. Well, no, who does who that knows? even exist? I don't know. Um, it just Wales, Wales, Wales does not get its due when you talk about the UK. It's like the last thing anybody thinks about. Which How kinda... about they make all the children, not make, but. Well, where are you going with this? All the the children in Welsh and in, in Wales. Where? <laughs> where? <laughs> and I'm, I'm part Welsh. So I can say this. Yeah. All the children that grow up in Wales, they all learn the Welsh language. Yes, that's awesome. Well, that's what they're trying to do I don't in know Scotland it. and Ireland with the Gaelic language. I don't know it. Yeah. That wasn't passed down. Well, you don't live in the UK. No, but... <laughs> There's not too many Welsh teachers in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Listen, Listen, ask your ancestors. It's their fault, not mine. I think they ran, a- ran away from the country, personally. So, guys... Again, thank you for listening in. Uh, this is episode 25. Like we were trying to start this episode <laughs> off with. This is Taste of the UK Month, not just carrying case talk about the UK. <laughs> and nothing with movies. Well, like we talked about our movie collection. You're welcome. Um, but uh, the name of this episode is You Down with BBC? And that's right. <laughs> We're talking about, not that, but BBC's Ghost Watch. Okay, the news 
outlet, BBC. Um, I think I should have named this episode something else. Yes. And for the love of God, the mother in this, if you watch this ghost watch, okay, Pamela Early, her character, wouldn't stop calling the holes in the wall glory holes. So clearly in the early 90s in the UK, specifically England, they were... There was a different meaning for glory holes. There had to have been. There, <laughs> There is no way that that got written into a script unless it went over somebody's head. Uh, well, seriously, on from that subject, the BBC's Ghost Watch was released on TV Halloween night in 1992, way ahead of the WNUF Halloween special, which I know you still need to see. It's the American version, basically. Okay. Um, came out here in America, similar production, um, BBC's Ghost Watch, Carrie, actually has a neat found footage-like element to this film, even though it's taken us live through a faux broadcast. And listen, if you watch this and and you missed the written by <laughs> in the beginning of this, I think once you see that nowadays, you would realize that this is not actually happening. This movie we all discussed with Jake would never be made today. First of all, nobody's just tuning in for news anymore. You can go on your app and get what bits and pieces you want. You're not just sitting there with the TV on all night with yeah. your regular news broadcast. Which Nobody is how we that. were raised. Even our parents who do it more than us still don't do it as much as they used no. to. Um very effective elements um, and acting in this, not dissimilar from the Blair Witch Project. I got similar reactionary vibes in this movie, even though this technically isn't found footage. I'm just, I just, it triggered Blair Witch in my head well, whenever we were watching this. For me, even more than Blair Witch, it was really more paranormal activity for me. Yeah, you're right. It did very similar to total that paranormal experience. activity vibes from Ghost Watch. Absolutely. Um, so. I'm to talk about the history rather than me trying to fumble over and summarize this. I'm going to read an article from the Manchester Evening News, which is a, a UK, the Manchester newspaper, and an article from this past October 30th, which came out right around Halloween time, 2022. So they were marking the 30th anniversary of BBC's Ghost, Ghost Watch. And there's an article by Damon Wilkinson and Stephen White. Um, and again, from the Manchester Evening News, you can Google that. Uh, the title of this article is Banned BBC Show Ghost Watch Left Traumatized Viewers in Tears and uh, Unable to Sleep for Months. Okay, and then the little um, kind of subtitle underneath says more <clears throat> more thirty more than 30,000, there's a typo, frightened viewers complained about the terrifying show when it was first broadcast 30 years ago. Again, listeners, 1992. Moving right along through Wilkinson and White's article here, um, it says um, it's Halloween night and a nation is about to be traumatized by one of the scariest shows ever broadcast on British TV. At 9.25 p.m. on Saturday, October 31st, 1992, Ghost Watch, a mockumentary investigating reports of a poltergeist in the most haunted house in Britain, was shown for the first time on the BBC. It was billed as a drama, but cleverly put together like it was a live broadcast BBC documentary. And what added to the apparent authenticity of the one-off show was that its four presenters, Michael Parkinson, Sarah Green, her husband, Mike Smith, and Craig Charles, were all household names playing themselves. Okay. Um, 
the quote-unquote live ghost investigation center around two young girls, Kim and Suzanne Early, being haunted by a terrifying spook called Pipes, a name which still sends shivers down the spine at their West London home. The ghoul was so called because the children heard noises in the house and their mom said it was just the Pipes. So that's where that name came from. 30 years on the memory still haunts some viewers. Writing on the um, MEN Facebook page, Arfana Nassim said, Oh my God, I remember watching this when I was very little and all of us kids screaming. Was it real? Back then it felt so real. I was scared to go upstairs to sleep after. There was, you can go through the article. There were some more comments, Facebook comments. To close this out, during the show, viewers were asked to ring in with their own ghost sightings on a phone number. Uh, but I'm not going to give that out again, but this, <laughs> just in case anybody's still confused, which I don't think they will be the standard number for BBC phone-ins at the time, um, used on their real show crime watch. So they lured people in with things that they were used to calling into already. That, I don't know. So how that's kind that of they, like a bait. Yeah, that's kind of that like a bait, bait and switch. switch. Yeah, they kind of like see. Yeah, we are. Real. We this are, is this the is number real. you normally yeah. call, right? <laughs> they they, they should have made up a number. What a, that's a hell of a trick, actually. That is. Um, the idea is uh, that the article goes on and says the idea was that when people called up, they were greeted with a message that told them the show was fiction. Okay. But the lines were deluged by callers, and with only five operators and answering the phones, most people could only hear an engaged line, which only convinced them the show might be real. Wow. In today's digital word of world, the article states, of course, and we agree, viewers could check within seconds whether it was fake. Okay, guys, this is like pre-mass and worldwide web internet. Yeah. Um, and the article just basically paraphrasing, <laughs> imaginations were left to run riot. Okay. Um, today, people would know what was going on almost instantly. Um, over the course of Ghost Watch, um, it was revealed Pipes was the disturbed spirit of a child molester called uh, Raymond uh, Tunstall. Um, it goes on to describe him a little bit. And then. Now, was he a real person? No, but I've, I am speculating that somebody within the industry was talking about the British host, Jimmy Seville. Mm. That somebody, it's just, it really, a lot of his crimes were committed all the ways up through the 90s and everything like that. And he started coming, I think people started figuring him out around the 90s. So um, there was a Netflix documentary about Jimmy Seville. Um, very, very, I mean, worldly world renowned dj he did like the top of the pops in the uk um he was he was a molester as well unfortunately that came out afterwards they got rid of his grave that's how bad it was um moving right along so really cool magazine article guys if you want to check it out um the uh, radio times uh had a whole basically feature it was on the front page it says are you afraid of ghosts Features the actor Michael Parkinson, who was radio broadcaster, not just the actor, but how I mean, three hundred thousand complaints made to the BBC because they couldn't they couldn't get through. So that was hyping it up the fact that they're seeing this on TV, and I mean, it. it there are publications about what had happened. The, that tra- night. the traumatizing situation. No, if Jake rings in here, um, 
rings in. See, I got ghost watch on the blank. If the male wolf in, has a message, call into this number. Um, <laughs> I, I think if the male wolf has got a message for us, Jake said that he found some interesting kind of historical facts about this. So um, they actually, the one thing I want to mention, it was such an impact on the country, especially in London, they banned it from being shown for 10 years after this. So if you were like, hey, like five years later, remember that ghost watch? Oh, do they, you know, uh, even think about this. Think about if it's 2000 and people are starting to look for DVDs. Hey, is there a DVD of this yet? They couldn't even get the VHS. Banned, could not be shown on TV. Um, now it's only available on DVD. Now, let me talk about that really quickly. So again, guys, the Manchester Evening News article, Ghostwatch, Google that shit. Um, it's kind of odd doing this episode because it is a made-for-TV movie. You don't normally think of posters, but there is a poster for this one. It's very basic. I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on it. It's no. black with the three main newscasters on here. Um it's pretty simple, and I think it works. It looks like something you would see inside of a TV guide. Yeah. That, that's how basically. I look at it. Um, there's no tagline, per se, except that... Um, well, there kind of is. There's a, well, there's, there's a, a subtitle, subtitle that says Behind the Curtains, but people think, oh, it's like behind the scenes at BBC. No, that's referring to Pipe's Hiding Place, the poltergeist. So there's that. Um some really interesting IMDb trivia guys. If you want to check that out, um, physical media and streaming. Now that there is no ban on ghost watch, you can find this easily on DVD for 1499. That still seems a little high. I think it's kind of high. I think this is more like a nine ninety. I was going to say even ten. I, I would like to. I would like to find this in the seven dollar bin at Walmart. That that's how I would. I want could it even see ten ninety nine. Yeah, I'm not spending. I'm not spending the money on this. If I happen to come across on for a good bit under ten bucks, I'd probably get it. But um, Blu-ray, I'm not spending twenty bucks. I mean, why do you need a Blu-ray of a nineteen ninety two made for TV faux thing? No. No, but if you really want to, and you just really got to add that made-for-TV Blu-ray to your made-for-TV Blu-ray portion of your collection. Um, Which we did start a a little bit of a made-for-TV collection. Why? What's What else is in our collection that's made-for-TV? You know. What? We just watched it. What? Night of the Twisters. Oh, you're right. We do have Night of the Twisters now. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Listen. If you want to check this thing out and you don't want to spend the money, uh, you can go to Tubi. Tubi's taking care of us a lot lately. Yeah. Um, they've got Ghost Watch on there for free. Tubi's free. Check it out on Tubi. Um, moving right along, Carrie, any other thoughts before I go on to creators? No. Okay. We've got Leslie Manning, who's, of course, directed Ghost Watch, known for help and uh, Leela. Um, did a bunch of, uh, directed a bunch of shorts, um, did some TV series. Um, we've got all the ways back to the late eighties. She did a TV series called another side of London. That was kind of her debut as a director Four episodes of South of the border. Um, a few episodes of blood rights. Here's something she did an episode on Wells playhouse. Hmm. 
Oh yeah, there's your Welsh thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but but Welsh horror, Carrie. Welsh horror. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to um, research. Honeycomb Lodge, Seven, and no, not the Seven with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Um, moving right along to the writer, uh, Stefan Volk, or Stephen Volk. Sorry, Mr. Volk. Um, he's working to this day. Uh, he has done screenplays for Gothic, The Kiss, The Guardian, um, of course, our Ghost Watch, Ghost, which was a D- TV series. So a few years after Ghost Watch, they penned him for another ghost-related uh, show. The Deadness of Dad, Superstition, Shockers, Octane, Afterlife, The Awakening, Midwinter of the Spirit, and The Hidden Station. Um, actually, the, the Hidden Station is a podcast series. Hmm. So um, we've got, again, Michael Parkinson as himself, Sarah Green as herself, Mike Smith as himself, Craig Charles as himself. I don't want to know something about Craig Charles in a minute. Uh, Jillian Bevan as Dr. Lynn Pascoe. And uh, Bird Brennan as Pamela Early. Um, we've got Michelle uh, Wesson as Susan Early. Sharice Wesson as Kim Early. Or excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, Chris Miller, cameraman, Mike Ayton, sound recordist, Mark Lewis, uh, Alan Demescu. Um, and, and now we're kind of filling in the, the backfill of, of supporting, but, um, Michael Parkinson, again, he was a legit BBC broadcaster. Um, he did some TV specials and TV series. Wanted to note one thing I thought you'd like, Carrie. He had a little small role in Love Actually. I see that. Yeah, I thought you would like that. I'm trying to figure out where. Hmm. It's a. I'm sure it's a yeah, small, very small, even smaller than Andrew Lincoln's role on Love Actually. So, but I, um, I remember, but I always remembered Andrew Lincoln's character from Love yeah. Actually. Uh, Doctor Lynn Pascoe, Jillian Bevan. Um, she's known for TV series like Teachers, Love by You. Um, she was in Hamlet 2015 and, uh, the chief, which was a mid nineties TV series. She did like on a half a dozen episodes or so Craig Charles as himself. He's kind of like the wise cracking jokey cameraman. Um, he was in the long, long running red dwarf series. And I I've heard of that series. I've not watched it, but I, I know that there's a ton of red dwarf fans out there and he's been there gosh, since the late eighties, um, Brid Brenna, Pamela early. She's had a long career, including stage work, dancing at Luganasa, Brooklyn, shadow dancer, Excalibur, a lot of sword and sorcery fans like the Excalibur movie from the early eighties. Um, very kind of like lady in waiting role, uh, over there. Carrie, we didn't talk about this when we were doing this guide, but who is your favorite character in all this? I actually think it's the psychiatrist, the, the doctor that's yeah dr lynn pascoe yeah yeah yeah. she she ranked up there for me um i just think it was (laughs) i just love that it was a faux thing that they they tried to pass off that phone number and i just thought the host michael parkinson played it so straight he did such a good job um and i i don't i think if i mean he was the main guy walking us through to this location, to that location, which yeah. you could say the same about, you know, Sarah Green as well. Um, she was my next favorite. You know what? The, there was like this main four to six people that were kind of the weight. 
yeah. carried the weight of this film, and they were all pretty good in in it. The joking by the 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 one personality on the street, the the Craig Charles always cracking jokes, got a little bit too hammy for me. Towards it was like halfway through, I'm like, okay, I get what this guy's role was. He's supposed to be cracking jokes the entire time. Um, that got a little bit annoying after a while, but I'm I'm kind of nitpicking it. Um, it seemed like it was a little bit more filler. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out here that would get bored with Ghost Watch. I was not one of them. I thought it was pretty good. The production values were awesome. I just think the whole way that they packaged this as a real thing that they were doing really bumped it up for me. Um, if I'm looking at this just kind of historically, I, I've got to look at it through that lens and what it meant for UK culture and history and television history. Now, I wonder though if they kind of got scolded after fact. Oh, they got 30,000 complaints. <laughs> so but I meant the public not, was pissed the, at them. The public was pissed. Some of them anyways. But I wonder if the networks like BBC they oh, I don't know because they they got a lot of ratings from it. So I I mean, I guess it's one of those to be a fly on the wall. Because on one hand, they're getting a lot of complaints. On the other hand, they're getting a lot of people watching. And they're still getting people to talk about it. Exactly. So, so, I mean, they, the producers, the executive producers had to okay it, right? Oh, they had to. So They wouldn't have gone on air. If somebody's going to scold themselves, the old one finger pointing forward and three back at you deal. I mean, if you're looking, if somebody's looking for fault, that was a team effort in my opinion. Um, Carrie, we can't really talk death and effects in here because this was really all about when well, that's a segment guys that we normally, if you're just tuning into us for the first time, that's a set. We, of course, horror podcast, we always talk about death and effects, not this time because this is all about smaller moments, kind of chilling, uh, creepy moments. It, there is a scene in ghost watch where you're debating is it really the one little girl that was pounding on the pipes or was it made to seem like it was the little girl? Like, mm. was the little girl sleeping and did she get up and pound on the pipes? Or was that the entity pretending to be the little girl? So there is kind of like... Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm going to have to say the first time, that the first caller that they get and they ask them to like send a still basically mm-hmm. uh, or or a timestamp of when they saw that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how that played out. But basically the first time they outlined pipes, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to really look for this guy like in the background. We even rewound it. We rewound it. And really, I would say the behind the curtains in the basement was definitely creepy. Um but the the whole did they show the actually show the wet marks where they said they thought it was saliva? Did they show any kind of thing that looked kind of mushy like saliva? I don't think so. I could be wrong. So and and you know what effects? I I just think the amount of cameras that they had to use, the locations that they had to use, um, the holes my, in the wall, the, the glory <laughs> holes. I really liked the glory holes. Like, I think we should have counted how many times she said glory. At holes. least twice. It no, was no, at no, least no. Twice. It was way more than that. It, okay. it had to have been like at least five or six times. Lots of glory holes in this house. 
<laughs> whatever that's supposed to mean in, in London uh, at that time does not mean what's what? in our heads right now. <laughs> I'm going to get my head out of the gutter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it it was filled with some cr- genuinely creepy moments that were, like you said, I think you hit it on the head, remind me of per- uh, Permanormal. <laughs> Permanormal. I Listen, mean, it's, it's the salon exploitation Permanormal <laughs> activity. <laughs> Ooh, the salon's the haunted. Day. The salon's haunted. <laughs> Who remembers having a really bad perm back in the day? Don't look at me. Oh, I did. Carrie, I look- was forced to get perms as a child, and I hated every moment of it. Ew, yuck. Um, I, my hair is very thin, and so my mom, hairdresser, said that if I got perms. perms, no, she said if I got perms, it would thicken my hair up. I know it seemed that did not seem logical. Seems like Johnstown logic to me. <laughs> it did not seem logical. But um, I actually had to tell my mom when I was basically the kid's age. Now I said, "Mom, no more. I'm yeah. done." Carrie, what are you rating Ghost Watch? It's a two point five for me. Yeah. It's just it's not my thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not I, a big. I, I know some footage. people I've read get got bored with it i didn't get bored with it it's just it's just not my cup of tea (laughs) 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 planned fun is it really your cup of tea that was not planned oh god now who's cringy (laughs) now who's cringy Uh uh-huh karen oh cup of tea i see what you did there karen that was not planned Mm-hmm. I should be drinking tea, but I'm not. <laughs> the dog's staring at us like, what the hell are you people doing over <laughs> there? We're talking about BBC's Ghost Watch and Glory Holes. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. Well, you know Pour what that... the tea I, in the glory hole. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> You're welcome. I did something even cringier than cup of tea. <laughs> At least you didn't say I need a spot of tea. So what is a spot of tea? A little bit. So why would you have a little bit? Listen, we're talking too much about tea here. <laughs> listen, have, if you want if, to talk about tea, if you have to talk about the UK, you have to talk about tea. You do. I don't. I'm out of here with this tea <laughs> talk. Um, there's plenty of podcasts and horror podcasts about drinking tea while talking horror. Check them out. They're out there. Google the shit out of those. Um, <laughs> We're going to kick off the official Taste of the UK rating system, Carrie, with Medieval Pentacles. And, yeah, I could have said pentagrams, but a pentacle is a talisman with a pentagram on it. So that's why I went one further. We are giving, I, you know, I gave it three and a half out of five. So our official Taste of the UK for BBC's Ghost Watch is three out of five. Wait, you didn't give your rating. I did. I said I just get. I said three and a half out of five. Settle down. You do need some tea. Um, Listen, three out of five. Medieval pentacles. I don't have a sound effect for pentacles. Okay, so I'm gonna have to say, what is this talisman? Um, Does it take you places? To the glory. When you're burned by the tea. Really like this medieval pentacle. <laughs> you're burned by Came for the glory hole. This bitch poured tea all over my person. 
That's what you get for using a glory hole. Ew. I'm getting an STD just thinking about it. Um, so, Carrie, that brings us to air mission. Um, <laughs> like usual, we talk glory holes and tea before intermission. Who knows what we'll be up to while you're away at intermission. Glory holes and tea. Um, no. Wow, I'm digging myself all You are. No, so, no, no. We, we, listen. Tea for two in the afternoon. Mother of God. <laughs> Guys, appreciate your support. Uh, I can't believe we're at episode 25 now, Carrie. I know. Uh, we Where are, has time we're, gone? We're more than halfway through our first season now. We've got, I think, about 45 episodes in total for season one. But... Um, yeah, if you guys like, if you like listening to us, um, would appreciate your support. Leave us some feedback. Uh, you can donate as little as a dollar, or even like a cup of coffee over at Patreon. Uh, we're on most of your favorite platforms. Or a cup of tea. I knew you would say that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we just kicked off Taste of the UK Month. Next week, we've got episode 26. We're going to talk about vampires. Yes. Lesbian Vampires, episode 27. We're going to talk about The Omen. Mm. The classic with Gregory Peck. And episode 28, we're going back to werewolves to round things out for Taste of the UK Month. And we're talking John Landis. His, probably, it is our favorite it werewolf is. film. An American Werewolf in London. I can't wait to talk about those last two, well, especially. You, I don't know how many times we've watched that. Oh, the kids okay. love it too. It's great. I mean, you can't... I think we it's a tradition that we watch it every October. Ha- yeah. Oh, we've we watch it two or three times a year at least. Yeah. But I I don't think I've ever run into a person that says I don't like American Werewolf in London. Even if you're not a horror fan, there's people that that is like, yeah, that's a fun movie. Well, the music alone. Yeah. And well, it's just fresh off of um you know, everybody loves Animals. So fresh off of that even. That's what attracted a lot of people to American Werewolf in London. But um God, 1981. Uh, that was two years before we were born, but that's a hell of a year. 2022 was a hell of a year for horror. That's like a standout year. I can't remember a year that had as much going on as that. Now, 2023 has been pretty damn good, too. Yeah. But um, I feel like we're getting more volume like they used to have in the 80s. We're I getting a ton of volume. I feel like there's more people... And this is just it's more sick people. No, <laughs> there's more people that want to go back to the movies. They want to go to the movie theater. They want that experience. They want their kids to experience or just it. Re- to make fun movies. Yeah. Um, and smaller movies. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, love you. See you after intermission for segment two, where we're going to talk our top 20 UK horror films. Uh, and the criteria is, well, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Love you guys. See you soon. I am the spirit of dark and lonely water, ready to trap the unwary, the show off, the fool. And this is the kind of place you'd expect to find me. But no one expects to find me here. It seems too ordinary. But that pool is deep. The boy is showing off. The bank is slippery. The show-offs are easy. 
But the unwary ones are easiest too. This branch is weak, rotten. It'll never take his way. Only a fool would ignore this. But there's one born every minute. Under the water there are traps, old cars, bedsteads, weeds, hidden depths. It's the perfect place for an accident. Sensible children. I have no power over them. Oh, mate, that's a stupid place to swim. Hey, go over and get that thing to rack him in. You don't have to feel cold, mate. How long was you in there? Ew, thing. I'll be back. Okay, guys, we are back. Oh, wait. Okay, Jake is finally here. <sighs> All right, let's hear what he has to say about BBC's Ghost Watch. I think he's got some historical info for us. Case and carry. It earned the dubious honor of being the first TV program to be cited in the British Medical Journal as having caused post-traumatic stress disorder in children. Well then, count me in! Salutations from just this side of hell, everyone. It's Jake, the Midnight Traveler, still out in the wild trying to keep one step ahead of the sheer brutality of this summer. I hope wherever you are is cooler than where my adventures are finding me currently. I tell you, times like these make me long for those chilly autumn evenings when the wind is just starting to chill and the evenings themselves seem to start ever so much earlier. Yes, one now longs for cider and baked goodies as they break out the flannel to keep out the cold nights. All the while, we grow closer and closer to that favorite holiday for us horror fiends, Halloween. Now, I know that I am not the only one here that is excited when the 10th month shows up. The decorations come out, and the candy hits the stores, and television gets a hell of a lot more interesting. Yep, all eyes are spooky, and everything tries to play up to the season. Some are miserable failures. Some become consistent classics. And some, well, just change the game and leave a lasting effect on an entire nation. Guess which one we're talking about. Now, when you think of the term, one that we've covered before, you know, found footage, chances are most people will think of something like the Blair Witch Project. Other older genre fiends might say Cannibal Holocaust, while others go back even further to a medium outside of cinema with the infamous Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast from 1938, which scared the living shit out of everyone within earshot of it. Well, there was another one to add to that list, this time from the United Kingdom, that serves as the reason for us all being together tonight. Yes, we will look at the underrated gem from 1992, BBC's Ghost Watch. 
Yet another film that I was not privy to before I joined up with this crazy cast of kooks here at Dying for Midnight, I looked into it and looked forward to it. Thanks to Tubi, I curled up in my bed and with remote in hand, let the whole thing play out before me. Now, there's no way for us to talk about it without quote-unquote spoiling it, which is a shame in a lot of ways. Hell, at this point in our world, we really had a lot going on when it came to technology and interactions between broadcasters and the audience. True, it's even larger and more complex now, but back in 92, the BBC went all out to make this thing pop. Quote-unquote, hosted by Michael Parkinson, a legitimate non-horror TV personality that everyone knew, also boasted a call-in line and had a bevy of hosts and people on site to make it look pretty damn real. So basically... The entire thing was designed and presented to be a live broadcast from an actual haunted house just outside of London, with a mother and her two young daughters being the targets of an active poltergeist. It was kind of based off the real-life Enfield haunting, which, as some of you might know, was later on the basis for The Conjuring Part 2. So... It had some real stuff behind it to boot. So long story short, this was set up to be as serious as it could by not using any famous faces associated with horror or anything acting outside of television or the familiarity of Michael Parkinson. But even then, according to my research, Ghostwatch was never supposed to trick or deceive the viewers. It was actually billed as a drama and contained a written-by title card at the start. And that call-in line they shared? Well, one of the things that it said was that the broadcast was, in fact, a work of fiction. Did any of that work? Hell no. That statistic that I mentioned at the top of this letter was checked and verified by yours truly. Basically, it messed that country up. Mainly because a lot of people missed that title card altogether and came in when it was already well into what was going on. The crew played it 100% straight, and it really paid off. 30,000 calls and complaints was about the rough total by the time everything subsided. There were reports of children not wanting to go to sleep, while other reports of parents slacking in their jobs big time said that this program damaged their children forever and sought retribution in the courts for it. Talk about lame. Now, as for the film itself, one of the things that really creeped me out in general is subtlety. Like a figure just out of focus in the background. A face that you didn't see there a second ago is suddenly there. Things like that. This one has a lot of that with the main ghost, Pipes. You never see him fully there, but you catch him in glimpses as the cameras move from room to room, and when they open the door to his lair in the basement called the Glory Hole, <laughs> yeah, that one always made me chuckle for reasons that are far too obvious, 
you catch just a little bit of what he looks like. Still, I think that in the realm of found footage, this all really works. It hits a lot of high points and sticks to the story and doesn't drop with any winks to the camera, as I've mentioned before. But man, how cool would it have been to actually have seen this when it first went out and actually got caught up in the whole thing? You know, sadly, with the way things are now, I don't think that they could pull something off like this now. It's simply too easy to spread out information these days, and I think that means that this is probably a lost art that we will likely never fully see again. Or will we? I can see how this wouldn't appeal to some. It is a bit dated because no matter which way you slice it, it still is a television broadcast from 1992. But the bones on this one are good. I think that as an experiment, it works. It might only have a narrow appeal, but I think it serves as a damn good piece of entertainment nonetheless. Well, as for me, it looks like it's time to wrap up this broadcast. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Odoractive Imaginations, Desires for All Things Dark, and parents who let us see too damn much shit on television back when we were kids for their involvement in the participation of this episode. Please be sure to tune in next week as we go into another scary tale that may or may not be the cause of finding yourself on a shrink's couch for the remainder of your waking days. As for me, I'm off to that place you told me about with the glory holes and the big pipes case. I hope it lives up to all of your hype, and I will be pretty sure to try to keep it a secret from Carrie. See you next midnight, Jake. Jake, I appreciate the... Uh the detail there in your research um that brings us to our top 20 uk horror films carrie start it off for us well let's first go over the criteria okay good idea that's right it has to be set in the uk okay or heavily features uk actors Uh uh-huh characters hail from the uk okay or it's Uh. a uk production company okay that yeah so you could i mean if it's hammer that automatically qualifies it i guess yeah Okay. Okay. So, um, and, and just before wait, wait, before we start this, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this, and and I'll throw in some honorable mentions, and maybe that's why you all will disagree with our list. We are admittedly behind on our Hammer Horror education. Yes, we've seen a good bit, but there is a lot out there we have not watched yet. So, be that as is may, as is may, it's not may. Listen. I'm just going to shut up. What's, what's the number 20, Carrie? <laughs> so number 20, The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Poltergeist. Yes, and Ghost Watch is very much has Enfield elements to it. Yes. it. It reminded me of that right away. Number 19, The Descent Part 2. You know what? It's okay. I, it's okay. I did enjoy the descent probably more yeah number 18 now here is a gem most of you have probably not heard of or watched we actually and introduced jake i was to just it. gonna say that double date that Check was a really fun double movie. date double date you gotta you gotta watch that it's got a lot of good humor in it mixed in with two bloodlusting women that these two guys meet up with and uh Things go a little south. Um, they got more than they bargained for with these two women in oh, this yeah. movie. 
Double date. That's a gem. That's a hidden gem. Check it out, guys. Okay, what's number 17? The Descent, which yeah. I, I still it enjoy is, more. It's better than, it deserves to be yeah. higher than part two for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I have no issues so far with this list. Okay, number 16, and we're going to talk about this next week, Vampires. And um, <laughs> I think the name of that episode, from remember correctly, is people really loved their vans back then. There's a lot of people in at least one couple in this van and the what's supposed to be the english countryside but it was really spain anyways lots of lots of nakedness in that one guys so if that's your thing what oh i'm fidgeting i'm so yes. sorry i got excited by the lesbian vampires hey carrie number 15 this is a great one here's another gem how yes werewolves was on a train on a train that was such a good Movie. That was fun. The, all the werewolf effects and the transformations in this one was a lot of fun. Very subtle transformations. The werewolves were whew, imposing, and I just love the. They went back to the colored contacts for the eyes. That was a very cool. Very gnarly. That was a fun one. You you read the next one. Number fourteen, going on from werewolves to space vampires. What else? Life force, and a. An appearance by a very gleeful Patrick Stewart in this movie. Um, again, I loved this one because if the space vampires don't get their blood, they disintegrate. You enjoyed that one better than I did. Oh, did I do a good job of enjoying it? I enjoyed it better. <laughs> okay, more. You enjoyed it more. <laughs> Are you... Are you happy? Are you happy? I am. There's lots of nakedness in this one, too. Um, number 13. And I really enjoyed this one. Yes, I knew you would. And didn't you say you thought you would watch it yeah. a long time ago? Okay, what's 13? The Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas. Yeah. Now, it's also been released as just the Abominable Snowman. And then I saw on the DVD cases of the Himalayas was added at some point or marketed in a different country with the Himalayas. And again, it would have had to been from Turner Classical Movies for me. That I mean, this is classic Peter Cushing. Yeah. It's one of the earliest Hammer films out there. Um, number 12, Scarlett Johansson. In Scotland and Under the Skin. I remember we watched this when we first this watched a, this. Under the Skin's creepy it's as It's creepy. Fuck. Yeah. It really is. And you're thinking like, at first you're thinking like, what am I watching? She does these terrible things to all these young men. But then the movie kind of turns it on in its head and makes you and ends up making you feel bad for her. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into we, it. But or ruin it in case you haven't seen it. Check it out. It check is it so, out. It is very well done. She's predatory in this one. That's all I'm going to say. Well, but she also gets preyed upon as well. Yes. I was just going to say. Weird. 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 Strange, weird. Sinister movie. Yeah. Um. What lurks under your neighbor's skin? Mm. Mm. Number 11, Dog Soldiers. I love this one. This is like Scottish werewolf movie. Um, love it. Now, number 10, I just introduced you to last month. This was so much fun. Yep. I, I love what this. Jake the Midnight Traveler describes as <laughs> Hugh Grant's best role. Do you agree with that, Carrie? Um, <laughs> it's a different role for you, Grant. It's a different role. It's before his more famous roles. It's a fun role. Yes. What is number 10, Carrie? The Lair of the White Worm. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. It is very, very fun. And 
It definitely makes me think specifically him in the English man who went up the hill. I loved the ancient femme fatale in this. I thought she was really sexy until I saw her airy armpits and then I immediately was turned off. And I know that that's a European thing. It is a European thing. But I just can't. I'm sorry anybody who has hair under their arms. I can't go for that. (laughs) Just It's not my thing. Okay, moving on from hairy armpits. <laughs> to oh, the wait, horror wait, comedy. Wait, 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 let me let me just say the moment where the the young man ends up at her lair and she he's standing up out of the hot tub and she bites down on his penis. Oh Ugh. my god, that made me wince. Poor uh, guy. Yeah, tell me about it. He was having fun until he then. Was, yeah. <laughs> Damn. And he was backpacking too. <laughs> you <laughs> backpacking across Europe. Um, number Dumb nine. Foreigner. Number nine. To the horror comedy, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. We love this movie. This is an ode to Romero's Walking Dead films. They even use some of the Dawn of the Dead music in this. Out of all of his movies, like Hot Fuzz and The Last Pub Crawl. I think this is my favorite. The Shaun of the Dead is, I, I think most people would say that that's their favorite one. The, the other two, like Hot Fuzz is a lot of fun too. The last pub crawl was kind of like meh on. It was um, good until the end. Yeah, but um, no, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. I that it's a it's a modern classic. Yeah. It's, I mean they they reference Shaun of the Dead in just the, about every damn. The movie amount of wan liners in that movie that you just <laughs> you think about them and you just can't help smiling or laughing and it's just yeah no it's a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun and and if you haven't watched that it doesn't end the way you think it's gonna no. end either um number eight johnny depp heather graham what else carrie from hell about jack the, the ripper. ripper yeah this is I, a good one i would like to see a new movie of jack the of ripper. jack the ripper uh, i would like to see it done a little differently this isn't a UK film, but it's a Euro film per se is Polanski's Ninth Gate. I just remember around that time, late 90s, early 2000s. It's like I could sit there and watch like I could do a triple feature of From Hell, The Ninth Gate and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Like those Johnny Depp R-rated yeah. horrors of that time frame. Yeah. The Those were fun. I mean, it's not not anything different or groundbreaking, but it's like. it's gothic and it's johnny depp entertaining and and entertaining and and mysterious and like a little creepy good atmosphere and settings and all those they're fun those are fun movies um number seven peter cushing christopher lee the very first christopher lee dracula film the horrors of dracula 1958 i believe that's a really good one. That's a lot of people's like, hey, that's the first one. That's the best one. It ranks up there for us. I think if you've never watched a Hammer Christopher Lee Dracula film, you got to because it's it's phenomenal. Carrie, what's number six? Okay, so we're this cheat- one's we're cheating a little we're, bit. We're cheating a little bit, but this one we can't go without mentioning. Yeah, this. Yeah, this is in the UK's yeah. blood. It's, yeah. If you're American, you you think of you, this this when you think of UK yes. and horror. The Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. So, I mean. Which one, which one are you talking about? Well, take your pick. Really the whole history. The of whole Phantom history of, of Phantom yeah. of the Opera. Even though it's set in Paris, mm-hmm. um, there There's are British, British elements. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in the Hammer, the 62 version, 
it's at the London Opera House. Yeah. I mean, the original stage production of London features Michael Crawford. And yes, yes, that is still, in my opinion, the best production. Yeah, I mean, name another stage production that feels as much of a movie as it does theater. And my mother was lucky enough in the 80s to go and see... Michael Crawford. Michael Crawford. Who came down right beside her. That's awesome. And my mom was like... (gasps) (laughs) So anytime Michael Crawford explained, I did scare a few people or two when I came down. He probably remembered your mom's face. Um, That's funny. I mean, listen, the movies came out before it was an international sensation. But the London production. Yes. That's what put it on the map. That's what really made it become a mega franchise. And that was my first musical that I ever saw in New York. That's cool. I wish I would have saw Phantom of the Opera. Oh, at the Majestic Theater. I'm actually sad that we didn't have the chance to take our kids to see it at the Majestic. So here's another one. This is another one of your picks. Now, what's number five, Carrie? And this might this is where I think this is where I think people are gonna be like, what the fuck? Like I yeah. don't disagree with you, but I think people would say, You put this in number five, you haven't seen this hammer and that hammer and that you know, you didn't even listen, disclaimer, We're, there's no Vincent Price movies in our list. And we do love and Vincent that's a Price. Problem. It is a problem. We do love Vincent Price. I just think we haven't seen enough. I I agree. I totally agree. Okay. Number five, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gary Oldman. Yeah. I think we're going to have to come back to our top 20. If we do Taste of the UK, another one. We revise next year. We'll revise. We'll do homework for next year. We're not doing, uh, maybe we will do something with the UK again. I don't, it might be an every other season thing Eh. though. We'll see. Anyway, we'll so do at Brent, least a top twenty. You're talking about Coppola's Dracula at number five. Yeah. Wow. It, listen. Whoa. Gary no, Oldman. No. Gary Oldman as Dracula. Yeah. He deserved. Pretty it's pretty good. He deserved to get nominated, and he deserved to win. Excellent performance. I can't disagree Excellent. with you. Yeah. Mm, he just ranked it above the Christopher Lee Dracula film, though. <laughs> I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not disagreeing with you. You have the storyline. All right. Where it's set, the costume designs, everything I, is yeah. it's just it's a beautiful plus one of my favorite actors is in it. Who's mm, that? Carrie Elways. Oh god. Okay. I like Carrie Elways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number four. That's enough. That's enough. Coppola Dracula for me for one night. I I love it too. I'm just joking around with you. Number four. I think we're gonna make a, a lot of you. Maybe this will. Maybe you'll simmer down and be okay with us after these next two. Number four. Dracula. This is my favorite. Christopher Lee. Dracula. Dracula. Prince of Darkness. And that's number two. And if you listen to me, you know I'm a sucker for the for the second ones in a, in a series. And number, I actually leave the. The next one is my favorite. Okay, so at number three, Carrie, what do we got? Taste the Blood of Dracula. That one has grown on me. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was very uh, fun. And I actually like that it takes, I like that it were away from Dracula's castle. It's like, okay, 
three or four movies now. We we don't need to keep coming back to Dracula's castle. We yeah. get it. We he he's traveled or his yeah. blood. I should say his blood has traveled. Well, yeah, and uh, you have secret societies. Yep, you've got men going to brothels, wanting to pay for excitement and the newest thing they're getting bored with all the women at the brothel and they want something new and exciting in their lives and they exotic they get more than they bargain for yes they do when they meet a guy who's into the dark arts number two and number one number two these aren't surprises maybe this is probably top 10 on a lot of people's Mm. uk list Maybe. maybe not top two number two an american werewolf in london we all we love this. We, we, we watch it all the time, and we'll go more into this. Yeah, later. Carrie, what's number one on our top twenty UK horror list? Is it a surprise? Not at all. The Omen. Yeah, Gregory Peck rules in this movie. Excellent cast. Excuse me. Um, the atmosphere in this, the music is Academy Award winning. Yep. Um, of course, I can't. I'm thinking of they they spoofed the Omen in South Park. Dominoes, cheesy poofs. <laughs> they did. Listen, this is pop culture history that we're talking about. I got to mention the South really? Park reference. Yeah, dude. Pe- when people think of South Park, that's one of the earliest things they think of. Is the I, I don't think of that the Omen. No, it. Trust me, it is. The I omen. think of Satan. They had a whole character called Damien in South Park for a while. Mm, yes. I don't remember that. Listen, they did, okay? They did. I also remember Tolly. Huh? Tolly. I'm so hot right yeah. now. I don't know what's going on. Take me to Funky Town. <laughs> that's the melody to Funky Town. All right, guys, that's it for episode 25. Check out Ghost Watch if you haven't already. It, it's different. It, you don't see a lot of these other than that WNUF uh, special. But Carrie, anything else? That's it. That's pretty much it. Carrie's it, like, God, I don't want to talk about BBC again. <laughs> Wait, she's shaking her head. No, maybe that means you do. <laughs> she's sh- oh, you mean I'm digging myself a hole? You are. Okay, guys, next week, next week, we're talking vampires. What? What? You like vampires. Don't even pretend you don't. I'm not pretending I don't. Good. We'll save it for next week. <laughs> On that note. Hey, you know what else? You know what would be a good double feature with vampires? Daughters are... Daughters, Daughter, daughters, daughters of darkness. Daughters of darkness. Daughters. Good, good grief. grief. I need more caffeine. Love you guys. Take it easy. Peace out.